Morning Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. You want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is uh, it's Wednesday. We'll take a look at week three in the NFL. Answer your DFS strategy questions as always. It's all guided by, by the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Pug Daddy, Sterling Woods, John D. Leonardo, Anthony Golding, Suki Singh, Japocalypse, Shane Newman, Jerome Lewis, DFS and Life, Johnny Ortiz, Ray Mitchell. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way in the door. I know a lot of people may be listening to this on the podcast feed. You can always subscribe to this. The audio gets released after the show. You could obviously also watch the YouTube video, even if you can't make it here live. But if if you if you if you don't if you don't like what's being covered, you gotta you gotta show up live, right? It's guided by the YouTube chat, pretty much. You ask a question, I answer it pretty pretty much for the most part. Uh, and the more thumbs up I get, the more questions I answer, right? And subscribe if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. It's kind of quiet, quiet Wednesday, right? Wednesday's not much. Not, not, we don't get NBA back. I know there's MLB, right? There's MLB is almost over. You could play MLB, right? We got stuff going on on the channel. Swolecast today, the OGs today. Obviously, Grinders live in crunch time for, for MLB. But uh, I just wanted to address... Uh, I mean, I've 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 explained this stuff before. If you go if you go if you go and watch the DFS pregame show since last year, just watch every episode. You'll find that like that it seems like there are episodes on repeat. Okay, I've gotten a lot of questions in my DMs, or in general, or email about like, oh, how do I know when to stack and when not to stack? When to bring back and not to bring back? How do I know? Should I stack all my lineups? Should I bring back all my lineups? Should I do this? Should I do this? And I always say it depends on the lineup. And then like, because you're not thinking, you're you're thinking too linearly about when to do and when not to. Well, it depends. It depends on, remember, the three levers. The three levers of DFS, projection, correlation, and leverage, right? They're all worth something, okay? So it's a matter of how much projection you're sacrificing for one of the other two levers, now, if we're not going to regard either of the other two levers, let's say we get rid of correlation, we get rid of leverage. Okay, we can just get rid of that completely. Like, we'll look at uh, lineup HQ right now, the gridiron IQ projections. It's, I mean, it's this, this is from, this is initial projections from yesterday. But don't go by these as like the actual numbers, right? We got uh, no no ownership projections in here. But we'll just go, we'll just use, use these numbers. Right? I, they, they will change by the end of the week, right? They'll probably be updated today and then the next day and then, you know, kind of condensed down into to, to more, more accuracy. Uh, but like from a projection standpoint, it like it depends on the lineup like that. When, when, when I say it depends on the lineup, it's like, well, it actually depends on the lineup because what you're what you're describing when you say, oh, should I stack three plus one, two plus one skinny stack, no run back. Right. Those types of configurations. Like you're describing the stack, the game, the team, but you're not describing the rest of the lineup. Okay. So it depends on what players are available at what projections in the rest of your lineup for the salary they have left over. So in order to answer the question of what should I do? Well, it depends on the actual exact lineup that you're talking about. So to give you an example, I'm going to run through uh, Ram stats. Okay, the Rams tend to seem to project well, right? Stafford and Cup and Woods, like that game in general, the Tampa Bay uh, uh, Rams game. So I'm going to go in here. 
Okay, and I'm gonna do this, right? I'm going to put in a, a three plus one, right? So we're gonna we're gonna have you know two quarterback, two pass catchers, which include a tight end, and and any run back, any anyone, right? Anyone there? So three plus one, something like that. I'm gonna build twenty lineups. Okay, I could probably just select the 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 the, the Rams here, and this should, should this should give it to me. Where's where's the Rams? There you go. Okay, put in hundred percent of my lineups. I'm gonna I'm gonna run I'm, ten. Let's make it even simpler. I'm gonna run ten lineups like this. Okay, so here we go. Gonna run 10 lineups. Okay, obviously we don't have any ownership, so we're not gonna consider. We're not even gonna put that in the equation. We'll handle that tomorrow. Okay. So we look through and we see Stafford Woods Cup, right? We see, I mean, that's pretty much all it is in the top 10 lineups based on projection. So you see, here's the projection: 161.77, then the next one, 161.38, then 161.28, then 161.03. You keep on going down, right? All of these have a run back of Chris Godwin, okay? Because obviously out of the top 10 lineups, he projects best out of the Tampa Bay receivers and you're, and you're forcing one in, okay? They all have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in it. I mean, but we, the rest of the lineup doesn't matter as much, right? Some have, let's uh, get rid of this, right? One has Joe Mixon in it. One has, you know, different defenses. But these are the best 10 lineups you can make if you're just focused, if you just care about projection, okay? If you play a three plus one. Now let's say, okay, what I'm going to do here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rename this because you can rename it here. I'm going to call this three plus one, okay? Okay, now I'm going to build the same thing without a run back, okay? Or let, let's do a skinny stack. Let's do two plus one, right? So we're not pairing with two receivers. So I'm going to go here. I'm going to cut this down to one, and then I'm going to build 10 lineups. Okay, so these are skinny stacks. So you expect to have either Woods or Cup in these lineups, right? It turns out we have nine with Woods and one with Cup. Okay, rename this to two plus one. Now let's take a look at these lineups. 159, okay? Two plus one, 159.39, 159.28. You notice the difference? The best, based on our projections currently, the best two plus one lineup you can make has a projection of 159.39, but the best three plus one lineup has 161.67, right? So the top 10 three plus one lineups, the 10th best is 160.49. So the, the top 10, all 10 of the three plus ones are higher projected than, than the top two plus one, okay? So now let's go to uh, three plus zero, no run back. We're going to go here. We're going to get rid of this run back. And then we're going to build 10 lineups with the double stack. And we're going to rename this. We're going to call it three plus zero. Okay. Now we see here, 162 162.4, 162.2, 162.12. 162.04. These seem even higher than the three plus ones. Three plus ones. The best three plus one is 161.77. Okay. So that's that beats out what it looks like the top, the fifth, right? It would it would rank fifth 
right? One, two, three, four, five, the sixth. So there are five three plus zero lineups. They're actually better than the best three plus one lineup. And then we have obviously the two plus zero, right? You just do a just quarterback wide receiver, no run back whatsoever. We're going to build 10 of those lineups. Okay, I'm going to call this two plus zero. So just a simple quarterback wide receiver correlation. 159.72, 159.36, Okay. Now let's say, now let's just say, regardless of obviously any type of diversification that you want in your portfolio, I'm going to save all of these lineups. Okay. I'm just going to save save this and all lineups below there those those are saved this and all lineups below save those they'll show up in so the, t- the tens in all of these save this in all lineups below save this in all lineups below now let's say you wanted to play 20 rams stacks you have 20 rams lineups based lineups regardless you're not caring about diversification you're not caring about ownership you're not caring about anything, right? So you just want to play 20 of them. So which 20 would you play? Like if, if any, if you have a choice, it would be by, 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 by projection, right? So you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So anything below this, you don't, we don't want. Unsave all lineups below and get rid of that one also okay so we've got our 20 lineups okay so which ones are better okay so this one is a stafford cup woods with no no bring back okay it also has two Bengals receivers whatever we're not going to care about that so just in general okay so the best projected one is 162.4 the next one no no bring back this next one over here also no bring back. This next one, no bring back. This one, one, two, another not a bring back. Oh, here, here we go. Here's Godwin. Okay. Here is, do we get Godwin in here? No, we don't have Godwin in there. We don't got Godwin in there. We don't have one in here. We, we don't have anything in here. So we got one with Godwin. One with Godwin. Here's another, oh, here's another one, two, three. I mean, we just look at the Godwin, probably just look at the, yeah, 50%. So 10 of them have a Godwin bring back. Do we have any other Tampa Bay guys in here? No. Okay, if we just go by projection. And it looks here, we have 100% cup wood. So basically it's all double stacks. All double stacks in the top 20. All double stacks and half of them with a bring back. Of course, you're going to have to put in Kelsey and like it, it, Mike Davis. Like, we're just not going to worry about the rest of the line because it's just going to fit in the best projected players for the rest of your lineup. So based on this, it's like, well, what should I play? Like, so if you ask me, like, should, oh, so does that mean you don't play any two plus ones? No, well, a two plus one of this, like right up here, Stafford, Woods, Godwin, is 159.39. So it's going to be better than other lineups that are lower than it. So like if you were going to play a three plus one, let's say, oh, 
Which one is better, a three plus one or a two plus one? Well, it depends on the rest of your lineup. Let's say instead of Kelsey, I'm going to move around this line. Let's say you're going to play Hawkins in there, right? So we're going to move Hawkins in there. Uh, you have plenty of salary left. You're going to go up from Diami Di- Brown and play Adam Thielen. I'm just making up stuff, right? So, so here you go. Here's, here's the lineup that you have, right? You show me this lineup, right? It spends all the salary. Stafford, Cooper Cup, Woods, and Godwin. Right, so you go, okay, here's the three plus one. And you fill it out with Mike Davis, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Thielen, Hawkinson, and the Browns defense. Well, look at the, look at the projection now, 153, 157.3. We have lineups in the three plus zero with, without a bring back, right? That are way better than it, that are, that are five points better than it. It's primarily because you're playing lower projected players in the other parts of your lineup. But if you had to compare the two lineups together, this three plus zero and this three plus one with the bring, then the, the, you'd rather not have, it's not about not having the bring back. Obviously it's not having the certain players that you have in the rest of your lineup. That's why you have to think in terms of the lineups. This is what lineups, not players means. You have nine slots in the line. Once you start moving all the, all these other stuff up, then, then this, 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 this naked double stack is much better from a projection standpoint, without considering ownership, okay? So now let's go, let's go to another, let's go, let's, let's try something else, okay? Let's go to, uh, let me, let me get rid of the saved lineups. Let's go to the save lineups and clear save lineups, yes, okay. So now let's go to, we could do this kind of all at once. We could try to do it all at once. Let's just, uh, let's take another team. Doesn't matter what it is. Does not matter at all. Uh, let's, let's take, let's take Cincinnati. Okay. We saw those receivers come up. Okay. So we, what we're going to do, we're going to do the th- three types. We're going to do all, uh, let's do all four times, right? We'll put four of these up. So we got the three plus one right here, right? Three plus one. We got the skinny stack. So that's two plus one. We just want Seattle, uh, just want Cincinnati. Here we go. And we're going to do 25%, just, uh, just so we get a bunch of everything. 25, 25. So we got the skinny with the bring back. Here's the three plus zero. So no bring back here. Cincinnati. That's 25%. Then we have just a simple, just single two plus zero, whatever. 25%. Okay, now let's run, let's run 100 lineups, okay? And we can see what the projection of these lineups look like and who's in there. Let's see, let me go through the YouTube chat while this is working out. Uh, Michael Dampier, uh, QQ, it's taking me 20 minutes to run 200 lineups on Sunday. Yeah, that's that's a long time. That's that's abnormally long. What's normal for my runtime typically depends on how many how many how many things I've set up in there, but it's usually no more than five minutes. I mean, five minutes is kind of long. Three minutes. I know this is my problem to solve, but I need to set up my rules better somehow. Yeah, you must be you must be setting up a lot more, either a lot more build rules or conf- very constricting build rules or something like 20 minutes is, is yes, that's abnormally long. 
Like that's not a, like a problem with like our, our back end or anything. Cause I, I could, and I make, and I make a lot, and I'm, I make a lot of builders. I make a lot of build rules and stuff and, and, and stack stack combinations. And I could, I could, I could build 150 lineups in three minutes or so three five at the most. So, yeah. So, so I, I would check out exactly what you're doing. Benjamin St. Germain, what do you mean by you say, when you say three plus one and two plus zero? Three plus one means three players from one team and one player from the opposing team. So a quarterback plus wide receiver plus wide receiver from like one team, like we saw before, Matthew Stafford plus Woods plus Cup, and then a receiver or a play any player from the opposite side of the game, Chris God, because they're playing the Buccaneers. Two plus zero would be two guys from the same team, quarterback and a pass catcher, wide receiver, right? Stafford plus cup, and then zero would mean no one from the other side of the game. That's how I refer, that's how I refer to, to game stack, to stack type lineups. Four plus two, you know, that's like over stacking. So we're going to do three plus one, two plus one. Usually three plus one, three plus zero is like double stack. Three plus one would be double stock, stack with a bring back or a run back. Two plus one would be a skinny stack with a bring back, right? It's kind of little little terms that the DFS community have. Okay, let's take a look at what we got. Okay, we're going to get tons of, even with the Bengals, uh, why am I getting Rams? Why am I getting everything like this? Come on, does this, does this not work correctly? Come on. Cincinnati, 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 Cincinnati. Oh, because I left it out. Cincinnati, give me all the Cincinnati, 25%, 25%. This should, this should work. Let me make sure. Let me stop it here and make sure I'm getting, should be getting, okay, now I'm getting bar. Okay, good. Cause I left, I left, I left the thing out. Okay. And have this run. I hope you get the point that I'm trying to make here. It's like, it depends on the lineup. Really does mean it depends on the actual individual lineup. So we're going to build a hundred Joe Burrow stack lineups in one of these four configurations. So it's a quarter of your lineups are in each of them. Okay. So here we go. And we're just going to look, it's going to, it's going to be sorted by projection. What's the best projected way to build these lineups? Right, we're not going to worry about the rest of the lineup because it's going to have a lot of Cup and Woods and whatever in it, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Higgins and uh, Travis Kelsey. So we see here they're playing Pittsburgh. Okay, so how many Pittsburgh players do we have? We don't have that many. We have Najee Harris. Like we sort by team, so you can see where the run back is because it would be Pittsburgh. So where's Pittsburgh? We just get Najee Harris. We don't get any re- in the top 100 lineups. We get no Deontay Johnson. No Juju Smith-Schuster, no Chase Claypool. We get Najee Harris and 50%. So obviously the other 50% don't have a run back at all. Then we take a look at the receivers. So you get 78% Higgins, 55% Boyd, 12% Chase, and some CJ Uzuma. I'm assuming the Uzuma lineups are not with him by himself. They're, they're not. Those aren't the skinny stats, right? We could look here. Oh, yeah, actually, we do get one, right? Here's Burrow Uzuma, and that's it, 156.01. 
right? So like, take a look at the lineups. Like I'm pointing this out right now. Like this lineup projects almost a full point better than this lineup, even though this one is a double stack and this one is a single stack with a run back, right? They both have run. So this is, this would be a two plus one. This would be a three plus one. So if you said to me, Jordan, Bengals, I want to play Burrow stack. Should I have a run back in it? Should I, should I double stack or not? Well, it, it depends on the lineup, right? Right. It's like, oh, oh, I'm going to play a three plus one. And you show me this lineup. I'll go. You sure that's the best lineup you can make like that? Because here's a better lineup, right? Better from a projection standpoint. So if you had to choose between these two lineups, you choose the one that's higher projected. Obviously, we're not considering ownership, like I said. So it's like, oh, here's a borrow, just borrow with Uzuma. That seems weird. Well, according to our projections, that's a better lineup than the one that you, you're showing me with these guys in it. But if this is 156 with Uzuma as the sole receiver, 159 up here, look, you'd rather play these 159 lineups. Look, this is Burrow with just Boyd. Look at these two lineups. Look how, look how close in projection these two lineups are. 159.07, 159.02. Okay? Neither of them have Najee Harris. So these are just single stack. That's it. So based on the projections of all the other players in the player pool that have to fill out the rest of your lineup, it looks like Burrow without a run back, without not like when's the first time we even get Najee Harris in the lineup out of the top hundred? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, we're, we're scrolling. We're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. When, okay, here we go. Najee Harris. So the first time we see a bring back, with Najee Harris is a three plus one, 158.17, okay? So if you're building this lineup, let's say this, as, as of now, based on our projections, this is the best version, the highest projected version of a three plus one Cincinnati stacked lineup. It would have these exact players. But if you said to me, well, I want to build the lineup that's right up over here, it would be slightly better. And it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a second receiver because this one is projected for 158.22. This one's projected for 158.17. Yes, it's a 0.05 difference. It's pretty marginal. But in all technicality, mathematically, this lineup would be better than that lineup. Even though this lineup is just a single stack with no run back. This lineup is a three plus one. This lineup is a two plus zero. So if you're going to ask me, should I be building three plus ones? Should I be building two plus these questions? Like, well, it depends on the lineups, <laughs> right? I'll take much better three plus zeros than needing to force in a run back, right? I'll take better. I mean, you can make better lineups like that than make better lineups like that. You have to compare and see. Now, obviously the correlation of the run back is worth something, Okay. Now, I would say in this case, where the projection difference is 0.05, that the correlation of having Najee Harris as the run back and a double stack, because they're, they're all correlated, is probably worth more than 0.05 in the projection, okay? Is it worth enough to not play the top two points? I don't know, right? You'd have to simulate that out to, to, know, to know exactly, you know, have a better gauge. But just from a pure median projection standpoint, like we saw 
with the Stafford teams that we were building that Stafford double stacks with the Godwin bring back were like probably they projected better than any other configuration than other lineups you could have played like that. But it, we see here with Burrow, it's not necessarily the case. And playing a Pittsburgh guy on the other side, you're going to be in order to play the Pittsburgh guy on the other side, especially if it's the receiver, you're going to be sacrificing projection to do so, which may be fine if the ownership comes with it. Like I said, we're not considering ownership at all. You first, you have to walk before you could run. So when, when, when you say, well, should I stack? Should I not? Should like, this is what I mean by it depends on the line. We could go to another team and start building like that. Obviously these projections, I don't know. These projections that were built yesterday morning, which I don't even think Jamino has even looked at. So I'm not even sure if, that, you know, if that some of these are even accurate as of now, but we're using the numbers as if they are. So don't be hell bent if you're watching this later. Oh, you should be playing Mike Davis in your lineup. So who knows? Maybe his projection goes down five points today. Who knows? I don't. I'm just using, I'm just using the numbers to show you. Okay, going through the YouTube chat. You could always put, you could post questions in YouTube chat now, even if I'm droning on about stuff, right? I'll get back to it. Nate Branshaw, do you find that there's an edge in single entry compared to multi-entry of the same size? Because most people think they have to play the safer lineup in single entry. Yes, the ownership will be different, okay? Right, the ownership that you go by that we that typically we have in the sites have is typically for large field GPPs, okay? So if we go back to, Sunday slate. We go to contests. Okay. What's a, what's a big single entry contest? What we consider a big one. How many entries? I mean, the spy, is that a big one? Do we have, do we have any single entry, like really big ones? 9804. Let's see what's, what's comparable in size. The pylon, the single entry $3 pylon, right? That's 25,000 entries. Okay, what's a comparable contest to twenty five thousand entries? What would what would that be? Let's 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 see twenty five thousand. The fair all oh, the fair cash is also twenty nine thousand. Okay, the twelve dollar fair cash is good. Let's compare that to like anything else that's twenty nine twenty nine thousand. That's multi entry. The nickel is three max. The play action is a little bigger than that. The huddle, that's single entry. Double ups don't matter. Let's see. Anything of similar size. The front four, maybe, close. That's a 20 max. Let's, let's compare that. Okay, so we have the 20 max. What is it called? The front four, 20 max, 14,000 entries. And compare that to the $12 $12 single entry. You could do this in, in results DB. Okay, so I'm going to get rid of these. The front four, is that what the 20 max is called? The front four? I don't even think I could play it. Front four, yeah, something like that, right? With the $12, that's called a fair catch, right? Fair. Let's do it the other way around. Fair catch. Which one? 300, yeah, the big one. Fair catch and the front four. Close, it's the closest one I could I could see. Right? I'm sure about this. 
fair catch. Am I getting the right contest? Let's do a fair, let's do a fair catch in the slant. All right, because I know the slant. Okay. So one, the fair catch is a $12 single entry contest that still has like 29,000 entries in it. The slant is obviously like a 60 to 65,000, 150 max contest. But I mean, the, the sharpness of the players in the $12 fair catch may be much lower. Because you can see here with the, just even with the Carson ownership. But you can see here, Allen was way more owned in the fair catch than he was in the slant. Najee Harris, about the same. CeeDee Lamb, about the same. Cup was a little bit more in the fair catch. Ramari Cooper wasn't. I mean, this, this, the, the field strengths are much different. Like, I'm even surprised to see. Typically, you would think that the chalk would be chalkier. But it turns out the chalk isn't as chalky as it should be. In some, in some regards, it is. Yeah, Keenan Allen was over. Right, the Steelers' defense. He had Mick Chubb. Right, to me, Rob Grant, like, like, I mean, look, that's a perfect example. Rob Gronkowski was more owned the fair catch than it was in the slant. But I think that's not a byproduct of field size or single entry or anything. It's a byproduct of weaker players. So that's why going from the slant, going with the spy to the slant. Like we go to the spy, $100 contest with the slant. Then you see more. Even then you don't. With Carson, at least. But look, Keenan Allen was 36% in the spy. 28% for Harris. Lamb was more owned. Herbert, Fant was more owned. Right? So there's an edge in Bill being more contrarian. You gain more leverage. The chalkier the chalk gets, the more leverage you gain by not having them. So if you built in the spy, if you just played a lineup without, like, let's say you just X'd out the Chargers-Cowboys game. This past week, you would you would have gotten rid of 36% Allen, 28% Lamb, 22% Herbert, 17% Cooper, right? Maybe you do play a running back. But you get rid of, like, all these high-owned players, like, you get rid of. Once you eliminate the total ownership of, what, 36 plus 28 is what? 64. 64 plus 84, 92, 92, 100, I mean, like 100 and whatever in total ownership. Like, just build whatever lineup you want at that point, right? Doesn't mean you have, oh, now I have to get even more off the board. Like, no, just X out that game and then build the best lineup you can. Probably stack still. But it doesn't mean you have to fade Najee Harris or Chris Carson at all anymore, right? You You have all the leverage you need, only because they're more owned here. You it can't do it as much in the slant. So let's combine combine all of this ownership. When we combine those blows players in this in the spy, it was like 110. In the slant, it's 24 plus 22. It's 46 plus 15. It's 61. 61 plus 18. It's 79. Right. So about 80. Right. So by fading that game, these higher owned parts of that game. You eliminate 110% of total ownership. In the slant, you only eliminate 80% of total ownership. Now let's go to the milli. Okay? Where it becomes an even weaker field. Okay? So now we got Keenan Allen at 24. Najee Harris. Okay, no, then CeeDee Lamb. 
at 20. So we're shaving off from the slant. The slant was 80 total ownership. So we shave off another two. That's 78. Shave off another one here. That's 77. Shave off uh, Amari Cooper. Shave off another one. That's 76. Herbert is shaving off another, yeah, about a one. 75. So not that dramatic of a difference. 110% total ownership in the spy of those players. 80% total ownership in the slant. 75 in the milli. Okay? So if you do fade that game in the milli, actually, you get less leverage. You still get plenty of leverage. I mean, you still get plenty, right? You still get plenty. But not as much as you would get in the spy. Then you take Harris and Lamb. You take Harris and Carson. Like if you do it the other way, right? Let's say you're like, okay, I don't mind playing that game, but maybe I'm going to fade Harris and Carson. I mean, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play the two chalk running backs. Well, in the spy, if you did that, the combined ownership was about what? This looks like 48. In the slant, it's about the same, about 48, just a little bit more in Carson. In the Millie, Harris is 21. Carson is 15. Okay, so instead of 48 to 50, if you fade them, you're gaining an ownership. Here in the middle, it's only 36. So the amount of leverage you get by fading Harris and Carson, they're still, you still get, I mean, you still have plenty. But you don't get as much as fading them in the spot. So that's why when I say that I tend to be more contrarian in single entry and three max, it's because of this reason. Doesn't mean I'm getting nuts though. It just means like, okay, when I when I play single entry three max, it's not about who I'm playing. It's more about who I'm not playing. In the milli, it's kind of the other way around. A lot of times the better plays are not owned enough in comparison to the, the, the larger fields. Chris Carson is more efficiently owned in the spy than he is in the in the milli. So it's like, I don't care that Carson's 15% owned. I'm probably going to play more than that. Najee Harris was 21% owned in the middle. He probably should be 24% owned, which makes him too high owned in the spy, but not high owned up in the middle. Keenan Allen is not definitely, Keenan Allen probably should, shouldn't be more than 20% owned in any context. So obviously he's wildly over-owned in the spy. He's still over-owned in these other two contests, but not as much so. Allen could still make lineups in these other two contests. But Keenan Allen, I played 25 single entry three max lineups. I had zero Keenan Allen. It's the easiest way, just bought, done. I'm, I'm getting rid of so much ownership just by just by doing that, fading that game, just like just build whatever the highest projected lineups you can from there. Perfectly fine. But it's easy to do that in this in something like the spy, in a single entry, smaller field contest, which is not that small field of a contest. The large field stuff, you get so many dead lineups that sometimes the ownership, yeah, Gronkowski shouldn't have been as as owned as he was. But it's like, like you don't you don't have to just outright X out like the top seven guys. They're also the they're some of the best projected guys. So it's like I'm going to sacrifice three to four points of projection in all my lineups and build 150 without any of that game. You, I mean, you can. But I'm sure you could make plenty of lineups that are fine, leveraged fine, even with stacking that game when they're at these ownerships. 
when Noah Fant is 17 and Carson's 15 and Harris is 21 and even Allen at 24. You show me 36 and 28s and, you know, like this level makes it much more easy to just say X, 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 and then just build, just build anything I want from there. Going through the YouTube chat. Uh, Jordan, when people say you should be trying to be looking at the top tier quarterbacks because it's so unlikely that someone like Bridgewater or pocket passers can beat them out, shouldn't we be looking at salary weighted? Well, you should be looking at the lineups, okay? I'm going to keep on beating this into your head until you get it, right? I know you what you're saying. Like if Darnold gets 5K, gets 20, and Kyler at 7,500 gets 30, it's the same relative score, so who cares? Well, what's in the rest of your lineup? Obviously, you're pairing a quarterback with receivers. So Darnold at 5K gets 20, but none but none of his receivers score more than 20. Okay? Kyler gets 30 at 7,500, but DeAndre Hopkins has 42 points. Well, most likely your Kyler lineup is going to be fine. And then the run back, whatever the run back in the Kyler lineup is, also scores 30. Yet Darnold, I don't know who the hell they're playing. Whatever. The run back doesn't get anything. So, like, it, it turns out that, yeah, Darnold, Darnold, Darnold getting 20 at 5K is fine, but, like, in an unstacked line, the only way that he makes a GPP winning lineup is if you just played him naked, right? Which could happen, sure, yes. But like I said, you're, you're, you're focusing too much on players. Think about lineups. So it's like, yes, yeah, sure, you could, you could play Darnold. You could, sure, you could play any of the cheap quarterbacks you want. What do the lineups look like? That's, that's all that matters is what do the lineups look like? You can't play this. You can't play that guy. You can't play this guy. Okay. Let, let me, let me tell you most D, most top DFS players. Let's see. Can I, can I do it? Do they allow me to do it? Like where, where, where is this now? Manage columns. Okay. Player. Oh, I can't even, oh, I can't remove. Oh, can I game position? I can't remove a player. I can't remove the name column. I think he used to be able to, right? Just, just take out the names. Take, it, take out the teams even. Just look at the numbers. You can build lineups. Most DFS players, I mean, most of the top MMA DFS players are not watching the games. Some of them don't know what these guys look like. Okay, <laughs> right? So it's like, well, do, do I play a quarterback that plays like this? Do I play like, no. just build, just build good lineups. People overthink this too much. Oh, what? I mean, wildly overthinking. I mean, it's, it's almost too easy. Like once you get it, you realize that it's like, you, you almost feel like this can't be right. Because it's almost, it's almost too easy. I, I guarantee you that you're more likely to have success building lineups without ever looking at the slate whatsoever. Like you don't even know who's playing. You don't know the totals of the game. You don't know anything, right? Nothing at all. Right? You have no idea who's playing or anything. And he showed up 10 minutes. He showed up 10 minutes before 1 p.m. lock and went to lineup HQ and say, uh, I, I don't want to build, I want to build lineups that are of these configurations and have no more than this ownership and give me a hundred of them. Like you're mostly, I, I, would, I would guess that the difference between doing that and anything else that you did, spending 40 hours a week looking at whatever the hell you're looking at, the, the differences in your, your success is going to be minimal. Probably you'll probably do better. The, 
the first method of showing up 10 minutes before a slate, pressing, you know, going, okay, I'm going to play, you know, just showing up first. I'm going to build, I'm going to build 150 lineups, right? I'm going to build 150 lineups. I'm going to do this really bluntly, right? We go to the stacks page, right? You go, okay, I want to build 20. Uh, yeah, you put all the all the teams there, right? You put all the teams. Let's go. Let's put all the teams in, right? All these configurations, right? I'm not saying that the best configurations, but they're configurations, whatever. I'm using this as an example. So you go through, you, you just check all the check all the boxes. You go, okay, maybe I've heard that you got to put some secondary correlations into your lineup. Okay, I'm gonna do that on half of them. Okay, that's fine. I've also heard that running back and defense is correlated, which it doesn't really matter, but I'm going to do that anyway, right? Because I heard, but I'm going to do it in only a quarter of my lineups, okay? So you're going to do something like that, right? And then and you're going to build rules. You're going to limit one uh, one off from not from the same team, right? You're going to do that. And then you're going to look and you go, I don't care about salary. I don't care. I, I, I want wide receiver flex always, right? You go, oh, I would just, uh, I heard, I heard, I heard it. They have higher ceilings. Okay. Right. This is 10 minutes before lock. I have no idea who's playing. And then you, and you just look at the, uh, the exp- uh, quarterback, exp- all these exposures, you know, one unique player. I don't want one unique. I want a little bit more diversification. So it's give me three uniques between between lineups. Right. And I don't want more than 20 percent of any. Right. Just say screw it. I don't want more than 20 percent of no one. Right. I just want nothing. Right, no more than twenty percent of any, even a defense. Right, maybe you go you go lower than that on even defense. Maybe go to the ten. But let's say you just go across the board. Now, I don't want more than twenty percent. I don't. I don't care who. I just don't want more than twenty percent of anyone. Right, I leave. I leave all the range of outcomes the same. Right, just give me the projections. Right. I also heard that uh, that the winners are somewhere between seventy five and uh, and one hundred and twenty five. Right, something like that for the total ownership. So you guys just want something between this range with 100% and whatever, and give me and just get, okay, right? Just I mean, you're you're literally showing up 10 minutes before the slate and you're pressing this, okay? And you're building 150 lineups to put into whatever the hell contest you want, okay? Now that's going to start building. Hopefully, hopefully it starts building, come on. Right? So I have the whole player pool in there. It's, 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 it'll take longer. A lot of times when I build, I exclude. And maybe this is Dampier, Michael Dampier. This will solve your uh, your 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 slowdown type of thing. Like if there are, if there are players in the pool that I'm not I'm not even considering at all, like really at the bottom that aren't going to ever make a lineup or anything, just exclude them. That'll make it run faster. That that may be a tip. Maybe that's why it, it takes me only three minutes to build 150 lines because this is going to take a couple of minutes. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that if you just did this, you just did what I just showed you. Your line, your line is maybe more competitive in the content in, the, in a large field contest than what you've been doing the entire week. Like the entire, everything that you just, you just showed up the 10 minutes before and just put in these settings. Just say, I just want all wide receiver flex. I want three uniques just to be more diversified. You don't need it. It could be one. Just going to have a lot of similar lineups. You have a lot of same lineup with a defense switch, you know, stuff like that. You don't want more than two, 20, 20% of one player. And you don't want the, your ownership to be over a certain amount, whatever the hell, or under, or whatever. Whatever you choose, whatever it is. And then you just built. You could just take the CSV, upload it to the, to what, slant? And then, there are better ways of doing it, right? They're, they're probably 
there's probably better ways to make better 150 lineups. But you're probably you're probably you're probably making better lineups than a lot of the field, right? If you if you're playing if you're playing the mini max or something, you're probably making way better lineups, and you have no idea what the, and you have no idea what's going on. Okay, so that's the point that I make with all all everything's in the projections. Everything everything's done for you already. So it's like all you're be all you're doing is wasting time. All you're doing is being inefficient. All you're doing is overweighting things and counting things twice. Like if if someone could use a good projection set and do this in less than 10 minutes and have better, more competitive lineups, higher EV lineups than you, then you have to consider anything that you're doing, you have to consider throwing out, right? So it's very, it's it, in game theory, it's the same, it's a coin flip example. It's a, it's a monkey throwing darts, the examples of that in like sports betting. Like if you can't build, if you can't beat a monkey throwing darts at teams with all your research into sports and your bets. Then what's the difference of just, just throwing darts? Like if why spend all that time? Right. If ultimately it becomes a coin flip, well, just flip the coin instead of wasting 12 hours on whatever the hell you do. That's the, that's play wherever you want that. It gets to that point where it's, do I play this guy or this guy? It's like, well, they're equal. It's like, well, which one should I play? Well, why, why are you spending more than 0.1 seconds on this? If it's a coin flip, just flip the coin and move on. Oh, uh, let's see. Rob B, question for you, sir. You don't have to call me, sir. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have the type of personality that I think deserves to be called, sir. I may be misunderstanding you, but weekly I put together 40 lineups 20 for 20 max and 20 for single entry, three max. I build 150 lineups, chop off anything more than 10 points off the optimal. Okay, that, that's okay. Then take off the top projected own with less points. This messes up my exposure though. Should I build just build 100 to keep my exposures more in line? No, what you're doing is just, uh, you're, you're pruning your lineups for the better lineups by like a fraction of a point, a point here, a point there. But obviously you're not going to be as diversified that way. So diversification is a matter of risk tolerance. It has nothing to do with strategy. So the reason you want to be exposed to different types of players is to spread out your risk, not because they're better lineups, right? One lineup is half a point projected better than the other, but it uses the same player that you're using in like 90% of your lineups. So you're, are you willing to sacrifice the half a point of projection for the sake of spreading out your risk? Well, that's that. That decision is purely up to you. That there's no right answer to that. If you just weren't, were going by EV, you if you were just going by EV, you'd play 150 of the same lineup, right? You don't, and you take first through 150, right? So there's some concession that you're making for the sake of diversification. Now there are some DFS players that don't mind being very condensed and saying. I'm going to play the same six guys in all 150 lineups and then rotate two around or three around. Right. They think that's the best combination. And if, if they're, if they're right, they're going to have multiple shots at first, play. they're going to be all scattered amongst the top. But if they're wrong, they're going to be all the way at the bottom and lose pretty much all their money. Okay. So that swing of, do I, I can win a lot. I can lose a lot, but the more diversified you have, you, you end up in these na- in the more narrower ranges. So if you're more conservative with your bankroll management, you'd probably be a little bit more diversified. So like this past slate, 
Yes, in my single-entry three-max lineups, I did not play the Dallas Chargers game, the Cowboys-Chargers game. But in my 150 max, I still I still had not much. Out of my 150, I had like seven of each, seven stacks of, of each side of that game. Because I can still build I can still build lineups that are plus EV that have them. They'll have weirder other players in it. And if it hits, I, I, I have exposure to that. But there's no right answer. There's no if you would have just X'd them, that's fine. Also, that would the lineups that I built with the 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 Cowboys Chargers game, I probably could have built better lineups that didn't have them at all. More Tom Brady stats, more Kyler Murray stats, more uh, Josh Allen stats. I could have those. That would have been better from an EV standpoint. But from a diversification standpoint, it's like. How many more? How many more Josh Allen lineups do I need to build? Would I, it, that it's worth building to me personally for my risk tolerance? That I might as well just have some Cowboys Chargers stacks because that is was the game that was more likely to, to, to be the highest scoring game, and I I viewed it at that point around around uh, five to seven percent of my lineups. Okay, to you could be twenty percent of your lineups. I mean, it could be zero. There's no, there's no right answer to that. It's it's, it's just like picking uh, how your stock portfolio. Do you want to have three stocks? Do you want to have 20 stocks? Well, there's no right answer. It just depends on how diversified you want to be. How risk tolerant you are. Well, if you pick the right three stocks, you'd rather have those three stocks. But if you pick wrong out of three stocks and two of them blow up, your portfolio is dust, right? But you... Yeah, if those two blow up, but you have 18 other stocks and they're equally weighted, the two that blow up, who gives a crap? You probably have two that explode, that went up. So you're more diversified. So you're limiting your ceiling and your return because it's you're not condensed into one, one asset, but you're limiting your downside because you're more diversified. So, But there's no right answer. Uh, let's see. Max Hankin says, do you think you can be profitable in GPP these days doing just what I'm doing right now? Yes. With the, the depend, obviously you're going after field sizes that are weak. This is why you attack the weakest opponents. Can you do this in the higher stakes? Probably, I don't think so. I would think you have a positive return doing this. Obviously it's, you're playing large field GPPs. So realizing that EV could take God knows how long. There's no reason why it can't be. There's no reason why this can't be profitable. Because the, the process that I'm showing you right now is, is not too dissimilar from the process that top GPP players use. Take a look. We go through the results DB. So some of this, where they have an automated process. They're not in, if, if you listen to lulls, Brian Hooper, Peter Overzet. Like Brian Hooper multiple times says he doesn't pick play. He doesn't pick lineups even. He, he, he automates his process so it just does it for him. So he's doing something similar to this. I mean, this is a very rudimentary way to do it. But it's a similar type of, similar type of process. He would include simulations going through, simulating a contest seeing what lineups are better than other lineups and then playing more of those lineups. He's going to be more exact doing it that way. So that's, that's the proper way of doing it. This is kind of the blunt way of doing it. But it's a similar type of process. 
A lot of the top GBP players aren't picking players or picking lineups. They have their projection model. They have their simulations. And then they're just running through stuff. I know we have the nerdy tenor that shows up here. Daniel Hutchins, he's normally here in the morning. But you can't even name any of the play. He doesn't know. He doesn't watch football. He could put together 150 lineups. He's doing something, something like this, a, a much more advanced version of this, the same type of thing. So why can't this be profitable? If the majority of our opponents are, you know, just pick, trying to pick the best plays and build lineups that don't make sense. As long as the projection model is reasonably accurate, I don't, I don't see why, why, why you couldn't be in the long term. Of course, in NFL, you're going to need like you need 17 lifetimes in order to do that, right? Because you only get 18 slates, right? So you take a look at this. So here you go. Here are the lineups that we have spit out, just based on the current projections. Obviously, obviously you'd be doing this 10 minutes before lock, but with, with good projections. So here we go. We got Mahomes, Stafford, Herbert, Brady. We got a bunch of these, right? What's the top projected lineup? Stafford, Woods, Cup, Kelsey, T. Higgins. We got the run. We got what? Pittsburgh. We got a secondary correlation. Najee Harris and T. Higgins here, right? We got the Falcons defense and Mike Davis, which is a running back defense correlation. Okay. What's the lowest lineup? Total fantasy points. So 160, 134. Okay. Yeah, you're going to get. You may get the what ends up happening that the main the main problem with doing it this way is you get clumping, right? So you may get lineups at the bottom that are not not very good. It's sh- it's shoving in because because like I said, we don't have the ownership projections in here, right? This the clumping will be less. Like we put in seventy five to one twenty five. Like obviously, there's the, all all the all the numbers currently are zero, so it's it's not gonna. It can't make anything between 75 and 125 because it's all zero. But once you put the minimum there, at least you start, you start not, not getting as clump, clump type lineups. Meaning that it puts all the good, all the best projected plays together in, in lineups at the top, and then all the worst projected players in the, the lineups at the bottom. It's, okay, I'll give you the right exposures, but it gave you bad lineups. Like look at look at this lineup. Like, like none of the, none of the chalk, like this can't have cup or woods in it. It can't have Kelsey in it. I mean, this is what I mean, but I mean, that'll be solved a little bit by when, when ownership comes down. But doing this, that what, what I'm comparing to is not that you could do this and be profitable. I don't know, but this is probably more profitable than the way that you're anyone than, than on Wednesday, I'm going to go look at whatever you're looking at, whatever you're looking at throughout the week, you probably, probably not going to beat this method right this method is not going to beat top gpp players method probably no i I agree maybe this method isn't profitable but your method is less profitable all i'm saying is that you can do this if this like what i'm saying with the monkeys throwing a dart throwing the darts you can't beat the monkey throwing darts for your betting picks then you might as well just whatever the monkey whatever the monkey says that's what you do. Sounds stupid, but if you can't if you can't beat it, you might as well do it. You can't beat a coin flip. You might as well flip a coin. So that's all I'm saying here. 
So if you're not going to be sure of like, should I build this type of lineup or that type of lineup? Is this a good defense? Is that a good, whatever? It's like all, everything we have is in the projections already. And if you want to build correlated lineups or uncorrelated lineups, a mix of all of them. So you could show up 10 minutes before and do exactly this and say, I want to build, uh, I want to build 50 lineups and that's what I'm playing and then upload it and not even look at, I mean, maybe not even look at them. You do that week after week, maybe maybe better than what you're doing. How sad is that? Like, oh, I spent all this time and I can't I can't beat the pr- putting in some settings and pressing a button. And can you do it better than this? Yes, of course you can. But this is still probably better than what ninety five percent of people do. Oh, let's see. Max Hankin, also, do you have a minimum threshold for how far away your lineup projection is to the optimal? No, because it all depends on what the ownership of the lineup is, and every slate is going to be different. So remember, you can answer the question with a yes or a no, or you can answer a question with an exact number. It's a stupid question in DFS. Oh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Injustice 360, why when you look at the top DFS players, you not look at whistle goes woos lineup? So who says I don't? Also, I know his methodology, so it doesn't tell me much. Whistles, I typically when I bring up results DB and I look at sharp players lineups, I I usually don't bring up players that don't use exploitative strategy because there's nothing to learn from it. Whistles go woo. Typically, like he has his projections and he runs them. And that's it. Like there's very li- there's very little uh, regard to ownership. So he's just going to whatever the 150 best lineups he thinks, and that's it. Projection wise, and just like that's done. The guys that I tend to bring up are ones that at least have some consideration to ownership, some game theory element to it. This is nothing to learn from whistles go lineup other than. His projection model. Who who did his projection model like more than others? That's what lineups built better than others for his project. But you can't back. You can't you can't recreate that. There's nothing to learn from it. Oh, why did whistles go woo play X guy? Because he's because his model told him. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing to do there. Someone like Brick seventy five. It's a majority of that, but also a, a modicum of game theory playing guys that are getting relative value by playing lower owned guys versus higher owned guys. The combination of that in a lineup leads to certain types of lineups and certain types of constructions. So something to learn from there. Piranosaurus flex, similar type of thing. Not as Maybe not as much so as I do personally, but at least some amount. But like I, I typically, I don't show like Uticao, who I respect heavily as a DFS player. But his 150 max strategy Overall, macro is pretty much just just run run projected lineups, and that's it. So it's like I don't find that there's anything to learn that I could learn from it, other than, you know, you know how how is this projection model that day? Like, okay, that that's it. There's no rhyme and reason other than just play the 150 best projected lineups, and that's it. So that's that's the reason. So it's when I'm when I'm when I'm not showing certain people. It's not because I'm doing it because I, I don't think they're good. 
I just I just look across the board of people that maybe we could glean something from a game theory perspective from something that had to be manually put in in some regard, right? Some some of that could be automated also. That's the main reason. But I don't want to like just oh here's a swath of five players like like that have projection model like giant squid same thing. Like it's just like what what do I learn other than okay I need to use his projection model? I mean like that that's about it. There's no strategic element to a lot of his play. And you put enough volume and you have the best projections and, you know, you, you know, the best simulations. Like you, you, you make money that way. I think you make more money ex- exploiting the field. And, you know, me, me and uh, Nerdy Tanner talked about that on, uh, on the Theory of DFS podcast, which is free. So subscribe to the Theory of DFS podcast. Go to that episode. It's a three hour long conversation. So while the exploitative method can make more money, you also can make more errors because you're, you're, you're trying to exploit the inefficiencies of the field. Someone like Nerdy Tenor is, is uh, invoking a balanced strategy. Of as, as long as I play players at the proper frequencies and the field is inefficient, I'm, you automatically make money. But you're automatically making money is this amount. But if you know exactly where the field is inefficient and you double down on those spots, you'll make five times as much money. But your standard deviation is going to be much higher. I mean, your swings are going to be better. Uh, let's see. Uh, is there a way to spit out lineups based on ceiling instead of projection? Yeah, well, ceiling is a projection. Yeah, you just go here. F points, ceiling. There you go. Right? So we have these columns, right? Median, floor, ceiling. So yeah, so... We have this little drop down here. F points, ceiling, floor, if you want. So you could build off of whatever you want. Obviously, the lineup where you can't. So yeah, we got everything at the lineup HQ. Sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, right? Sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. You get the $10 off your first month by clicking on the link in the description. And give give some thumbs up on your way on your way out the door. Give me the thummy thumbs, right? Hope you understand what I'm what I went through in this episode to show you that this is this is what lineups not players means. Let's take a look at lineups. What lineups is better than other lineups? How do you build good lineups? Well, do I play this guy with that guy or this guy with that guy? It was like, well, it depends on the lineup. Show me the lineup. Show me the projection. Show me the ownership. Ding dong ding. Okay, this one may be slightly better than the other. I mean, like. You'd have to show me the whole lineup. We got Swolecast coming up uh, on the on the Swolecast YouTube channel, and the OGs are coming up today. The Grinders Live. There's tons of NFL stuff tomorrow, right? We got Showdown tomorrow. We got uh, the, the, to all these shows, right? Saturday there's shows. Sunday morning there's shows. So you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click on that button. Uh, click on the notification bell to know when all of this goes live on YouTube, Grinders Live and Crunch Time for MLB is coming up later today. But uh but I will I will see you tomorrow. Um uh, same old same old thing. We'll maybe talk a little bit more about the, sh- the Thursday showdown slate and uh and any anything regarding DFS strategy because that's what I do. That's what I do for you folks every Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. Oh, 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 oh,